Welcome to Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. Evan McMillan, CEO and co-founder of Gridspace. Yes, that's me. Thanks for having me. Welcome to Cloud and Clear and welcome to my headquarters. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful day here in uh, North Hollywood. Thank you. I know that you have a big part of your operation in LA and this coincided with one of your visits down here, but it's great to have you finally to, to meet in person face to face. Yeah, we, uh, we're really excited about LA. Uh, we're in the Arts District, uh, up and coming area, just a little east of downtown. Yeah. Um, some really exciting companies are there. Uh, Spotify is uh, moving in, uh, Hyperloop Technologies. Incredible. So uh, we were just talking before we went in here just about some of the things you guys are doing. But before we get into Gridspace, the company, I always like to talk about Evan the man. <laughs> so you've been doing Gridspace since I think 2013, but uh, can you just tell us about your journey into just technology and engineering and uh, all the major milestones that led you to start Gridspace? Yeah, well, uh, gosh, I got started pretty early. I mean, my parents were uh, academics and involved in education, so uh, I was kind of like a lab rat in some ways, <laughs> um, and um, you know, one of my, I wouldn't call it a job, but uh, one of my activities at home would be to QA uh, software for the learning company, <laughs> and they made games like uh, Math Blaster, I think was one, yeah. Reader Rabbit, yeah, yeah. and that was some of my first experiences was not only just sort of interacting with educational software, but starting to look at it through the lens of you know, an end user and uh, you know, a contributor to yeah. the, the software development Amazing. team. The, the QA learning company games kicked off this long track of excitement about software. I mean, I was also, I was also born in Silicon Valley in the 80s, so <laughs> it was a pretty special time. Um, I think it's it was true. in the water. And um, you know, although my family moved to Colorado uh, when I started grade school, um, you know, Silicon Valley was always in my blood, yep. and you know that informed a lot of the choices I made you know, during uh, during the middle school, high school days, and then uh, after, and you know, informed the decision to come back to Northern California and uh, start to work on and you software went, products. And you went to Stanford. Yes, undergrad uh, product cool. designer. Awesome. And so, um, what was right? Before grid space, so I think like when when founders decide to launch a company, I feel like that's not like an overnight decision. It's sort of a thing that builds up, right? It kind of you have these um, signals that you're getting, and ideas are coming together. But then there's like the logistics of the planning to do it. Like, tell me about that crazy and exciting time. What it must have been for you to be like. This day we're launching Gridspace. So the the my my adventure before uh, Gridspace was a payments company. Um, Eric Schmidt was our largest investor, and um, you know, the, the the company you know, we had this this like, this big idea that you know, in the future payments would be free and networks would uh, monetize through value added services, and we built. Um, this really exciting infrastructure that made it possible for local merchants to um, run their businesses more like an internet business. They could see what customers came back to yeah. sort of connect online activities, offline activities, 
and uh, the company was eventually acquired by Groupon. And Groupon was my oh, first wow. real job. Yeah. And um, Groupon uh, had offices in Palo Alto yeah. and Chicago. Yeah. And offices couldn't be more different. The Palo Alto <laughs> office ran the website and you know all the new sort of technology yeah. projects. And Chicago, that was the, the ops headquarters. The People on the phones, yeah. talking to merchants, yeah. um, putting uh, you know new Groupons on on the website. The sales team, all that, that whole <laughs> exactly. thing, all Chicago. Yeah. And that was uh, primarily driven by voice. So you had yeah. a, a really large, vibrant contact center, uh, inside sales reps and customer service reps, talking to merchants, talking to customers. And, and a lot of SMBs, right? So I can imagine the volume. Like, this is like boiler room style. Oh, it was... Totally, right? It was a super large Like, just operation. cubes and cubes of probably young people, like one of their first jobs. And it was very exciting, too, because yeah. um, these merchants, they had never they never had an outlet like this before to have yeah. all these people... A way to draw a bunch of people. ...know about their cupcake yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, store totally. or, or uh, you know... Floral arrangement. That was way before Postmates <laughs> and stuff too, by the way. Totally. Like it was way before Postmates. Like that's another way to create awareness around brick and mortar, like yeah. cool services and food. But Groupon was like, this massage parlor could get like fifty customers in one day. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and then five thousand. Yes. Then, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. That's when. That's when. You broke some really things. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. um, but that was my first experience seeing a vibrant. Uh, contact center where folks were on the lines with businesses day in, day out. So you ended up working in Chicago? I would go back and oh, forth. Oh, you go back and forth. So you'd um, see both sides. And what was so exciting about Palo Alto is we had all these tools for sort of measuring the customer experience and you know connecting activities on our website to uh, you know, improvements to the, the, the merchant experience as well as the customer experience. And in Chicago, you would have these incredibly important conversations between merchants and Groupon and customers and Groupon. And the only connective tissue between those conversations and the business and all the other people in the business was the recollection or, you know, oh, yeah. lightweight notes. Of what did they say? What did they say? They eat, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And that was fascinating to me because <laughs> this, you know, our business was being moved by these conversations. Mm-hmm. How well these conversations uh, went, you know, that determined everything. How do you even improve, right, over time? Like, for, forget, like, you'll track a sale because it'll go into CRM and all right. that, but, like, if you're not making the sale, how do you make sense of, of, uh, of all this data? How does it become useful? I wanted to do something in voice, and... Uh, that was a huge puzzle, and at the time, we didn't have the capabilities to do what I really wanted to do, mm-hmm. which was go into those conversations and figure out what was going on, mm-hmm. and uh, at times, you know, make them go better <laughs> or yeah, yeah. automate, Retrain, you know, train better, routine requests. Yeah. Um, you know, voice was totally off limits, mm-hmm. and um, when the left group on. That you know led to I mean, the, the 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 formation of Brisbane. That's why I love these stories, these origin stories, because literally, like, you couldn't have been in a more influential environment that would guide you towards grid space because you had like you had the technology, 
exposure. You knew what was like the best available, but you also had like the use case like right in front of you, and you were trying to solve something in house, which probably didn't have the latitude or resources or whatever to do it. And uh, so many great businesses are born that way. I just love that story. Yeah. Well, as it turned out, it's not. Uh, as it turned out, it's really, really hard. <laughs> so, um, just because you recognize an opportunity uh, that might, you know, the technical insight doesn't necessarily translate into execution, a, a, an easy path forward. Right, right, right. And what we found was uh, there were some really, really, really big challenges with, um, you know, both understanding and automating. Voice interactions. It yeah. was just, it was really, really challenging. Yeah. We formed this partnership with SRI. SRI was the lab behind uh, Nuance Communications mm -hmm. and Siri, and they had been working on uh, speech software since, you know, before I was born. Yeah. Or, like, <laughs> yeah. Almost before when my parents were born. Right, right. And they love this, this idea of building a next generation um, enterprise speech company that. Mm -hmm took a little bit different approach than Nuance and Siri that really focused on these short utterances and sort of making sense of, you know, what somebody was saying and then quickly, right. you know, passing them off to a website or a result, a, another whatever. department. Yeah. And taking a step back and using a more data-driven approach and looking at conversations between people. And they had some software at the time. Um, that seems like way harder. It, and it turned out to be very hard. <laughs> so they had some software at the time. It was designed for this purpose, and you know we we prototyped it with it, and it wasn't you know it wasn't that great. So to put some numbers on it, it uh, you know this the software could transcribe uh, an hour conversation in eleven hours, running on some of the beefiest cloud machines that we could find. And it got one and two words wrong. <laughs> so and this is what twenty thirteen. This was yeah, in and around then, and that was it's not that long ago. So that's how hard you know conversational speech processing is. And and then we weren't even dealing with uh, the challenges of actually connecting these outputs to you know a product or you know, yeah. ingesting those yeah. those recordings or those streams in real time. All the things that we are uh, contending with now today. In, and GCP and cloud infrastructure. So we invested heavily in building infrastructure for this specific problem, which mm -hmm. was, you know, first of all, just being able to handle conversational speech. Mm -hmm. We built models specifically for conversational speech, and then we solved the problems around the processing of conversational speech, both on the yeah. natural language understanding side of things. Okay, so we have some text from a conversation. Yeah. Well, that's not that useful to a business. What can we do to both visualize it and distill it in a way that uh, you know uh, a machine or another person can actually do something useful with it? And then also on the integration side, so finding ways to make it so that uh, a business phone call could find its way into this infrastructure yeah. and have these these processes you know, run seamlessly. So and that's where we spent you know, the last several years really perfecting that pipeline. So six years, it means you're making great progress. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I've seen some of the logos on your website recently. Can you talk about some of those customers and their specific use cases? Yeah, so I mean it's I mean it's very exciting. I mean, in 
GCP cloud infrastructure, we run one of the biggest contact centers in the world. So USA, uh, 25,000 agents, you know, almost wow. 100 million calls a year. Um, these are massive, massive contact centers that before grid space were essentially using Xerox machines for audio with their calls. And that must be super gratifying for you, by the way, just as a founder. Oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's super cool and we pinch ourselves, but there's, there's still a lot more we want yeah, to course, do. Of course, of course. It's always like the double-edged sword, like, yay, oh my god, yay, so much <laughs> right? It's like... Yeah, you know, you know, that was, that was a, you know, big leap forward, um, from where we were with, um, the SRI folks, which was, gosh, like, we can, we can barely, you know, process a file in 11 hours, to, you know, and get anything out of it to, you know, we're processing, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of calls a day. I heard you want to do a demo. Oh, yeah. So let me let me set this demo up a little bit. Yes. So um, where we are in our journey uh, with Gridspace, and maybe it helps to, to clarify what our core company is all about. So we're a speech company, and we help companies um, analyze and automate spoken conversations. And... Um, the analysis problems are massive at, at big contact centers, and that's where we started. And the kinds of things that you can do with our, our product, with BigSift, so it's uh, on a dime, see what's going on in your contact center. Are a bunch of people you know, calling about a commercial they saw, or an outage, or has you know, customer sentiment changed about a certain product? Those kinds of business questions were very, very difficult to answer before Gridspace SIFT when a team would literally have to go back into the call recordings, mm -hmm. listen to them, yeah, really. and yeah. take sort of uh, a tally of how many times they heard this. And by the time that team got back into the recordings, tallied up all the mentions, yeah. and turned it into some sort of you know, sampling report for the management team, you know, the customer you know, had churned, the, right. the, the business um, had already, you know, missed the opportunity to do something about it. And, you know, our, our act one was to bring the kind of capabilities that, you know, large you know, commerce operators had for their websites to yes. this arguably even more important uh, nexus of, you know, customer engagement. Right, and because the online experiences have the benefit of, like, everything is tracked. Every click, where the mouse is hovering over like all this stuff, right? Like, where did where does the user drop off? Is that are they in the cart? Like, what's going on? But like voice, we've never had that. So when you know customers call their you know cable company or their bank and they wonder, you know, unless they're calling USA, where the experience is you know, actually pretty good, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, they wonder why it's so bad. It's because it it really there's, no, there's no there's uh, no oversight or assistant for the agents. They're, they're pretty much turning those bad interactions into files that collect dust and data science. That's why people hate calling like anyone, right? Because they've been trained over the last couple of years generally to have a bad, it's a bad experience. It's not great, it, but you're changing it. And so, so now the question is, you know, where do we go from here? So we're, we're building these tools that you know, help the business sort of peer into their voice interactions and make them better. But I think it gets even more exciting when you start to push um, suggestions and guidance to agents and managers. So a perfect example of this is, you know, if you've ever called, you know, a banker you know, or your bank and uh, you have a question about something sure. and the, the new sort of, you know, junior 
agent doesn't know how to answer your question. You ask a very specific question, don't know how to answer your question, and they said, thanks for your question. I, you know, I understand the words you said, but I can't answer your question. Let me put you on hold and, and, and look up it's like, the answer. It's like click. Like That's when I would generally hang up. And that's an even more frustrating experience after you've been on you know, hold for 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, going through is, some automated okay, you're on hold. IVR. You're just pressing buttons <laughs> and saying things. You finally got someone, and probably someone that's a generalist, right. because the system didn't understand what you wanted to, to begin with. Right. And of course they can't help you. Because you have a very specific question. And what if we could help that agent out? You know, junior agent, new to the job, maybe doesn't all you know all the answers to everyone's questions. What if we could be that you know, you know, little birdie on their shoulder and say, "Hey, you know what? This person was one of fifteen thousand people that asked the same question today. Let me save you some time. Here's here's what we think the answer is. Of course, use your judgment whether or not you sure. think that's the right answer. But you don't have to put this." You know, there's nice customer on hold. You know, here you go. And if you actually look at the anatomy of a call, that that can be 15% of the call. It's just folks finding information for you. So we're really excited. So you could serve that sort of in real time as the conversation is happening. So that's our next. Uh, that's you know, part one of our next act. And then if we go even further, um, so we're going from you know, here's graphs, here's the, the picture of what's going on to um, here are some situations where we know what's going on, and here's a little suggestion for you, Mr. Agent, or you, you know, Ms. Manager. A any computer scientist or technologist, I, I mean, I've never met a technologist or computer scientist that's not excited about sure. voice computing. Yes. Um, but it's, it's pretty interesting that, that that suggestion to the agent and then the agent's decision to go with that suggestion or not enables our, our next step, and that's when... The agent actually transfers you to a conversational agent, yeah. a machine agent that can handle your situation. So we've we've built our first uh, conversational agents this year. Um, it connects all of our work to date, our, mm -hmm. our conversational speech understanding uh, capabilities, as well as our uh, new TTS service. That seems like a lot of work. Are you are you able to share how much money you've raised? Um, so really fortunate. Haven't uh, haven't raised a ton of uh, money, but we've raised really great money. So uh, our investors include uh, Bloomberg, Santander, uh, Wells Fargo. We have some terrific folks on the board from Nuance, wow. and Face, uh, former Facebook employee, uh, former CEO of Facebook, and uh, yeah, total money in is less than ten million. So that's we've, an amazing we've been team. able to uh, do a lot. That's with, that's what they call smart money, right? Yeah, well, you did it yourself, right? I mean, it sounds like it sounds like you you found a way to build a pretty interesting business without. I mean, how did you how did you think about it? <laughs> Is this are we flipping? Well, it? I, just, I mean, you asked. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I've raised less than ten. You've raised less than one. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could consider the Microsoft that visitor. Yeah, a, you know, a funding yeah. event, but you know, I think services and product are inherently different. Uh -huh. And I've seen so many of our uh, GCP customers are startups. And, right. You know, there's the whole spectrum of how they handle their um, their cap table and invest. You know, raising strategy to 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 see that you've gotten like six years in with now a second set of like really groundbreaking technologies and the type of money that you raise. I think again another reason why 
what you're doing is super interesting and and uh, why you should be super proud. Yeah. As well. well, thanks. And, and you know, going back to you know, Silicon Valley in the '80s, I think you know things have changed a lot too. I mean, yeah. I think in the '80s you saw in the early '90s you saw more technical insights brought to the table. Um, risk, you know, capital was excited about certain technical insights. Everybody was you know comfortable with. The technical risks associated with it, but they knew there would be really interesting yeah. big markets on the other side. Yeah. And I think what you see now is more the opposite, where folks are coming to the table with market insights and taking some of the the technical insights for granted, oh, or, yeah. or or sort of postponing the exploration of the technical (laughs) components to make those markets come to life, you know, you're just seeing sort of a different set of, different set of companies, um, really driving the venture agenda. Yeah, I mean, part of it is, it's, there's so much money on the sidelines, it needs to be deployed, right? Like, uh, but before we digress so much, I have to see this demo. Okay. You've been promising it to me. Let's, so this is, um, this is grid space grace. And Grace, Grace, and it, it builds on, it builds on our work in Contact Center, and starts to put all these pieces that I talked with you about just okay. earlier together. So we'll give Grace a call, and she's going to handle uh, card replacement engagement. Okay, and, you're uh, going to put it on speaker. Yeah, we'll put it on speaker. All right. So we'll call this bank. Card services. This is Grace. How can I help you today? I lost my debit card. Before I can help you with that, I'll have to authenticate you, okay? Okay. May I ask who I'm talking with first and last name, please? Christopher Johnson. All right, let me check that information you gave me. That sounds okay. <laughs> okay, Mr. Johnson, just looking you up. Just checking your name. Okay, I just checked that info you gave me. All right, thank you, Mr. Johnson. You are authenticated. Is this your classic account? Yes, my classic account. All right, wonderful. And would you like to change your PIN number? No, thank you. Don't change my pen. Thanks, Grace. All right. Thank you very much. So she'll go through and yeah. replace my card, and it's pretty magical when totally. you take a step back and think about how those kinds of services can take minutes out of the contact center, can take monotony out of your frontline employee's day, and can also take mistakes out of That's right. the business as well. And just improve customer experience. Yeah. It's such a, you know, we're in a, we're, like, I wish, you know, I'm a big user like Postmates and Lyft and DoorDash, like, you know, sometimes there's problems and I'm like too lazy to call to solve them because I just don't want that experience. But if, and that's bad, right, for those those, those platforms because they, they don't get the heuristics about uh, CSAT and sentiment of their users. Yeah. Like, what if they made it easy yeah. I would obviously call. What if voice was more? What if voice was 
great? What if voice experiences yeah. were great? What if they were fast? It was better than this, what the two-thumb thing, <laughs> which I can't do when I'm driving, I can't do when I'm walking. I, right. You know, what if I could just do that? And the cost of the business was in line with their other digital channels. Right now, yeah. voice is one of the most expensive channels for businesses right. to serve, and it's one of the most frustrating for customers. So this big push to you know, digitize voice, mm -hmm. in my mind, is a little bit misguided, because mm -hmm. if you made voice great, and it had the economics of these other channels, who wouldn't use it? Now, very important question I like to ask all, all the tech companies that have chosen this platform of, of GCP. Yeah. Can you describe like what led you to that decision? Why GCP? Did you start with that six years ago? Like, how did it all evolve? So, there's a lot of things that I think make GCP very special and a really important offering in the market right now. The TLDR is uh, the networking piece of it, mm. and I think you know Google really shines there. I mean, they have um, some of the best networking folks in the world, making their service really fast and um, when you get into these kinds of experiences that we want to be you know, really yeah. seamless and fast in the future too. Latency matters? Um, yeah, it, it, it will really matter. Yeah. Um, so you know, we've been really impressed with um, the networking. But beyond that, I think it's more straightforward cloud offering. And if you're looking, if, you know, if you're a really technical company and you know what you want to do, the administration and sort of a lot of the DevOps activities are much more straightforward on, on GCP and we've really sort of enjoyed the benefits of not having to <laughs> click 10,000 yeah. times to uh, take a take an action. Um, yeah. and, and look, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, for us, a lot of the, the cloud decisions are market-driven too. Mm -hmm. So um, you were looking at where the most sophisticated uh, financial services companies are looking, and that's where we have to be too. If we're not there with the best, um, we're not going to be there with with the rest you know, <laughs> later on. But that would be my my sort of three points: would be you yeah. know, networking, ease of DevOps, and then just you know, market forces. I think that's that's a very succinct and pointed list. But did you start on GCP like six years ago? And, and I think the, the the exciting thing about you know 2019 in cloud is you know the leading cloud companies are excellent companies. I don't think we've ever seen companies this size executing, innovate, innovate, push the market forward. Um, yes. You know, coordinating with customers. I mean, we have pretty interesting phone calls with product teams at all these companies, and the kinds of conversations that we were having these companies, I mean, I don't think that happened That's true. Uh, even a year ago. Um, so yeah, because you're they're really bringing the best out of each other. So you yes. know, if we look at 2018 and I'm saying, okay, well, you know, GKE is you know, better than the alternatives from Microsoft and Amazon, 2020 you know, could be different. Yeah. So they're really, it's, they're really bringing the best out of each other. I totally agree. I think... They wouldn't be where they are if that wasn't a competitive element. Right. It's always been great for uh, us, like as customers and partners, right. we win. But the other part is, just the economic model is different. Right. They need you to be successful. 
Because if you're successful, you're going to consume a lot more cloud. So you're going to get a disproportionate amount of love and support than the old enterprise software paradigm, which is like, you buy it in advance, good luck. Yeah, and, and I think this is this is the next part that we'll have to get figured out, right? Because you look at what's happening in Silicon Valley, and you know, successful companies are kind of falling into one of two categories. There are sort of high compute successful companies, and there are relatively low compute successful companies. Um, lots of commerce concepts don't require a lot of you know, GCP. Right. You can sell a lot of razors <laughs> without yeah. a lot of computers. But some of the most exciting and, and compelling new businesses require a lot of cloud services. Right. And I think the, the question for the clouds will be, how do you invest in these, these new entrants success? Especially That's ones right. that are building applications yep. that the clouds will never will never sort of completely build, build for themselves. That's right. yeah. So that's something that will be really interesting to, to see how that plays out. Because yeah. I think to, to build the best cloud product and ultimately establish the best sort of business relationship with their application partners yeah. will flourish. And I think, I think that, you know, I think Google is pretty open-minded about it. And totally. And kind of figure, yeah. figure both of those things out. I think Thomas Kirin and, and Rob Ensler and Lynn are uh, very focused on that, not just with you guys, but yeah. with like all of them that play a significant role in the market. Because they again, it's in this new paradigm, they need you to be successful as part of the part yeah, of the and they need, growth in their business. They need, you know, they want these folks to last, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they they can't make their clouds successful if they every startup. Are, yeah that uses their cloud as a flash in the pan, right? Like, um, so they will begin to really sort of find ways to work with more bread and butter, yeah. you know, uh, merchants or, you know, brick and mortar merchants, you know, folks that aren't necessarily building applications, uh, you know, in, in the Valley. Um, and I think they'll find ways to sort of deepen their alignment with yeah. business applications. Marketplace and, and other things they're doing. Right. Um, no, that's, I think that's super interesting. Again, I, the, the reason we have this podcast is I just, I just, I think Cloud and Clear is telling stories that aren't told very yeah. often, and there's just so much happening, and we're all really busy. But the fact that you would take time to do this, I really appreciate it. And I think we have a role as Sada now in the ecosystem to tell these stories. Yeah, because I think there's a whole bunch of startups and enterprises that are in, on the cusp of making these decisions. Yeah. And it's great to have kind of the narrative of people who've done it, you know, who've paved the way. You know, right. Because you guys have been, you know, hit, hitting this sort of technical edge, challenge at the edge for six years. Yeah. And now I think finally cloud computing is caught up with your ambitions with regards to the level of compute required yeah. to achieve what you guys are achieving. And, and we're, we're excited uh, not just about what we are doing in you know, GCP cloud infrastructure, but who we're bringing to cloud infrastructure. Because at the right. end of the day, applications bring enterprises to the cloud. True. Enterprises are looking for complete solutions. You know, they yeah. they find value in you know individual applications. Those applications bring new workloads to cloud infrastructure. And then once those workloads are in cloud infrastructure and things are working and folks are seeing you know new use cases get unlocked and they're seeing the ROI, you know, more workloads follow. Yeah. And I think 
we're doing a great job of helping folks make that transition in voice. Voice is uniquely challenging, mm -hmm. but it's not surprising to me that other workloads are following our the workloads the that we're bringing yeah. into the uh, cloud infrastructure. Um, so I've never asked this question before because okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's sort of a unique situation. But you know, so glad you're here. But the value of partners like Sada in this ecosystem, in this massive, not only just migration to the cloud, but the application of what's possible in the cloud to both traditional and um, new age businesses. Our, our entire business model is to, to, to create a value proposition that makes sense for those customers who are making yeah. this journey. And, and obviously, GCP is going really fast, the cloud market is going really fast. So some of these things are being defined. Like we're defining these value propositions that are new right. because products themselves are so new and what's possible to do with them is also new. It's great to be in this position because we like to be in market-defining positions. Yeah. And we have lots of GCP customers, we have lots of G Suite customers, etc. But I've never talked to a customer on record that, <laughs> that uh, you started with us, like contractually uh, consuming GCP through our, our, our resale framework and, and getting some level of services as a result. And then at some point decided to go direct back to Google, right? And had a, a mix of reasons. And, uh, I, you know, the, re the reason we're talking is actually you connected back up with me and said, hey, remember me? Like, let's, yeah. let's talk again. Maybe we should re-engage. And I know that, you know, we haven't made any decisions together yet about how we're going to do that. But what led to, the, to, to you kind of circling back and wanting to maybe work with a partner again? So I think it, it was, take a few steps back, yeah. I mean, um, I think we're, our businesses have both changed a lot, and, yes. and for the better. And yes. I think that's going to make it possible to find some pretty interesting ways to work together. Mm -hmm. um, the, the specific change in grid space, um, you know, we started out with really big deals with really, really big FI, financial mm -hmm. institutions. Mm -hmm. And we were bringing massive workloads to, to GCP. We're still doing that. We have a really interesting direct you know, business. Mm -hmm. And our customers had to be very, very comfortable with all the people at the mm -hmm. table. and Who has access to the environment, all this stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So as that business has evolved, we've done a, a pretty interesting job of setting up these private clouds mm -hmm. for some really, really big customers. And those are going really well. But at the same time, uh, our business is changing. Mm -hmm. And the kinds of organizations that are coming to us and trying to make use of our capabilities, some of those businesses are smaller. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a 500-seat contact center or a you know 2,000-seat contact center. And what we're seeing is the, the, the services and the support and the challenges associated with those businesses are just very different. Yeah. And just as we are beginning to sort of make our infrastructure applicable and robust for the really big guys, mm -hmm. we want to be able to meet all these sort of unique service requirements of you know some of the slightly smaller yeah, guys. So from a technology standpoint, yeah. from a security standpoint, they will be consuming the same grid space mm -hmm. SIFT. But from a support experience, from a contractual mm -hmm. <laughs> sort of you know uh, point of view, the experience will be different. It'll be yeah. more like a lot of your base. Yeah. So I think what's really interesting to me is 
as folks move their workloads to cloud, especially in this, you know, call them S&B segment, um, folks that historically would be, you know, buying a phone service yeah. with a credit card, yeah, right. or Zendesk with, you know, <laughs> yeah. this or that with a credit card, I think folks like you will be their, their rent CIOs. And that's an amazing sort of opportunity. And those rent CIOs will be sort of natural partners of grid space yeah. because we're not going to be able to provide rent to CIOs to every single customer at that size. Yeah. And we're going to do everything we possibly can to make our product as robust and easy to use for, for that market segment. Mm -hmm. But there will just naturally be things that will be configured by you know folks like you. No, I, so I think that's I think there is, a very interesting angle. I think there's going to be way more of that. And it's a huge opportunity for Google because mm -hmm. we're now driving you know, consumption at both the high end as well as in the mid market, and it's a huge opportunity for other types of grid space partners yeah. to drive consumption without necessarily making a hundred different business applications relevant to the mid market. Yeah. I think the question that we have to both ask Google is like, yeah, how can we do this together, yeah. and um, you know, how can we uh, get more Google support to go do it? This is this is precisely the thing that I'm talking about, like these models and partnership frameworks just didn't exist before. Yeah. But, you know, you are a partner to Google as much as you are a customer, right? Yeah, it's a fascinating relationship. I mean, Super. In the demo I showed you, I mean, Google, you know, also announced Duplex, too, at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we're spending more money with Google than we are on engineering and sales <laughs> and product today. That's like unheard of, right? Unheard of, yeah. So, you know, we're a huge customer of Google. We benefit, you know, immensely from their infrastructure. At the same time, they have a lot going on. <laughs> and um, I think this is where this is where some coordination among the partners <laughs> and the big guys yes. will go a long way. <laughs> like we're both dancing with elephants <laughs> to some extent, right? But I just feel like there's so much opportunity. And I think it's the agility right. that's going to differentiate the ones who continue to last and be relevant. Right. How quickly can you pivot? The things that got you here, got us here, how can we make sure we don't lose that as we get you know, Great. larger and more, potentially more distracted as we're trying to do right. more things? I think it's very, it's very important to deliberately say no to a lot of stuff yep. so you can focus on, on the few key areas. But uh, we're totally game to work on some business models that bring us, you guys, and Google together. Yep. The story you're, you're telling me about how you started with really big and then went scale is precisely what I see. We're doing both. And, no, and, yeah. and I think the, what's exciting but you is... Proved, you proved it with the big ones. Yeah. And now you're going volume. Totally. Which is exactly what, what Madhive did right. in my conversation with them recently. Like four huge com you know, customers, proved the model, and now they're going to go get a bunch more. Right. And, and in voice, the... The, the only thing slowing us down was the sort of network integration. Mm. So like, who better to work with on network integrations than the folks with you know, hands on the ground? So we're, yeah. we're doing it in, in software. We, you know, we announced a big deal with Twilio. So mm -hmm. if you're a Twilio customer now, you can you know, add a little bit wow. of you know, a little bit of Twimble to your mm -hmm. Twilio application uh, or turn it on in Flex and you know, begin to use Use grid space and um, 
you know, I, I can't imagine that there won't be more sort of uh, usage sort of on the back of the simpler integrations sure. next year than there has for ever sure. been. And then, you know, you guys will be there for <laughs> some of those really, really big guys too. We're super happy to be on this journey with cool. you guys and with Google. Thank you so much for visiting me. Thank you. I always love that. Thank you so cool. much, Evan. It was a pleasure. Yeah, good meeting you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.